following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode 414. Back from an unplanned, unscheduled, unreally wanted two-week hiatus from this show. You know, in the past, I probably would have, uh, well, I probably would have gone into freak-out mode, uh, but I didn't. <laughs> I probably lost whatever number of listeners I got thinking, oh, well, that's the end of that. And then there was a screw up with uh, with uh, the host of this thing of Podbean uh, that got messed up and it's all back and it was it, it vanished for a minute. It's like all of a sudden I became like this weird sort of ex- mirrored example of Joe Rogan because <laughs> he disappeared from Spotify last week for a little while. He didn't have the problems that uh, that we had here at the home office. You see here in Memphis, we uh, we just weathered, if you'll pardon the expression, an ice storm. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Um, a lot about that was uh, pretty pretty messy. Um, I'll get into that. I want I want to kind of explain, like I owe you an explanation, but I figured it might be interesting nonetheless. Uh, is a sort of a uh, a testament of how things have been operating and how things are not operating. And it was uh, we got caught up in uh, in some weird uh, drama about the whole thing about uh, having uh, no power. Uh, no internet connection. Oh, gee, Rick, you could have done this uh, from your other studio. Technically, maybe um, I could have done it with uh, with a um, with a uh, what do you call it? a mini recorder too. But uh, all the parts that we use in this show are on this machine here in Studio A. It's not. It's not. Um, I don't know how you'd say it. It's not out there. It's it's not it's not contained. It's not. It is contained. It's not mobile. That's what I meant. Lord, it's been a minute since I've done this. Been on the air the entire time uh, over at the other studio, but here at Studio A, well, we took a we took a hit. Um, things are back to normal, obviously, clearly, because I'm here now, which is which is a good thing. But it had uh, set us back quite a bit because it was just a, it was just a mess. It was a mess all the way around. And like I said, in the past, I probably would have gone into just full blown freakout mode. I got close to that. But uh, it had nothing to do with this show. It was all the other things that I do as well. Studio A is a busy little studio. Uh, a lot of things happen in, in this room. Uh, I don't just do this thing because uh, this is just, you know, a couple of hours of my week. Uh, I, I, I'm i also a working voice actor and I, I've, I've got other things that I do. I'm involved in a bunch of other projects and I've spent this past uh, several days. I would, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think we got things back to somewhat normal. And, uh, yes, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, yeah, yeah, it was like Wednesday, Thursday, before I could start getting our things back to normal. I still don't, I'm still not 100% on what you would call normalcy, but it was in a, we were in a position to at least go ahead and, and get this little dog and pony back on the air, which is, uh, which is kind of what we're supposed to do in these matters. So when the show, this show, when From Radio Land airs at Radio Memphis, uh, it was it, it was we were in an odd position of running a rerun. Never really been the case, uh, but I had vowed. I don't know if you would want to call it a uh, uh, what do you call it a um, <clears throat> a New Year's resolution of some sort. But the the idea was 
is that uh, perhaps I should like, you know, slow my shit down a little bit, mm-hmm. which I did. And uh, that's uh, sort of the sort of the vibe I did and, and not get worked up about much because, you know, I do. I work a lot, but uh, but it's good work and I enjoy it. And it's OK to take the occasional break. But when it's uh, when it's not of your design, <laughs> when you haven't planned for these sorts of things. It can get kind of frustrating, and uh, I'll explain it all here in just a bit. Uh, this is a, this is a big catch up type of show. That's kind of what this is. Not really big, but there's you know there's some things I want to want to talk about. Some stuff that that may affect you, no matter where it is in the world that you live in. And uh, for those that are here in in Memphis, uh, you you'll probably get a kick out of some of this as well. So at any rate, there's more of that. It's on the way next, and you're listening to it up out of this brief break right here from Radioland. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 855-380-5703. 855-380-5703. That's 855-380-5703. So those of you that are uh, kind of in the know or perhaps not in the know, uh, Wednesday the 9th of February of 2022, this area, Memphis, Mid-South, bunch of places all around us experienced a bit of an ice storm. Uh, yeah, it snows here from time to time, which is not that big a deal. Usually about three or four dustings, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, And you never really see much more than maybe an inch or two tops. No big deal. The city freaks out nonetheless. But this was different. This was just flat-out ice, and that's when things get really, really bad and really dangerous. And the city is just not prepared for it, even though there's there was one in 94, which, which crippled the city to, like, no end for, like, I don't know, three, four weeks. Uh, this one, not quite as bad, but it was, it was still a mess. Uh, we had probably about a half inch to maybe three quarters of an inch of ice covering everything. And what I mean by that is tree branches, power lines, any type of elevated cable, uh, it was it was pretty bad. It came in late Wednesday, that Wednesday night, the 9th, into Thursday morning, the 10th. And um, Jesus, it was uh, it was something. Uh, that Thursday, as the during the day, as the trees became more heavy with ice, you could I went outside like a fool and listened to it, and because uh, there was no traffic, everybody was stuck, and you could hear the trees. And the limbs creaking under the under the weight of the ice, and then you just had to wait about thirty seconds, and then you would hear that big branch come down. A big limb would come. It happened all over the city, and it was alarming. I mean, it felt here on the house, and you get. I was thinking, oh my god, something's going to come through the roof of this thing, and it was just. It was. It was alarming. It was absolutely alarming. The streets were fine, oddly enough. 
but uh, the conditions outside, not so much, man. It was it was there were down trees, power lines, everything was just it was just a wreck. And there had been uh, nearly three quarters of the city that was knocked out by this mess. It, but we made the national news. It was a it was a it was a thing. And all, immediately the city went into disaster mode, as they do. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't well executed. In hindsight, I can tell you that uh, there there was a mess. <laughs> and as you as you uh, as you might be understanding of these types of things, when you have your infrastructure, your grid, come literally come crashing down, your utility company, which is a government thing, you know, it's a contract. It's a it's a company that does it, and it's they're hired by the city, and they get city funds to provide the grid and the infrastructure to keep your power going. And then they run it all the way to your house and then boom, you're off and running. That's kind of how that works. And this got so bad that uh, our utility company, Memphis like Gats and water MLGW or Maine, let me get your wallet is just joked around here. And it's gotten really ridiculous expensive here. But um, when, when all of this happened and all of a sudden people were plunged into darkness the city and this utility company contracted with other cities around the, um, um, you know, around the area to bring in crews to help out. There were crews from Kentucky. There were people from, uh, I don't know, the Carolinas, uh, Alabama. I think even some Mississippi folk came up here. I mean, there was a, there was a, there was a group of them. We had quite an exchange of. I mean, you couldn't drive through this town without finding a a, a, a lineman truck somewhere around. And uh, it was uh, it was busy. They were, they were they were all busy. Understandably, you know, the we were we were in dire straits here. And during this entire time, from the tenth all the way to Super Bowl Sunday, everything was fantastic with us. We just had a lot of limbs that had come down. But in the midst of that, somewhere along the way, my internet connection failed, which prevented me from doing this show. Still had power. But we just didn't have an internet connection. So that that began a two-step process here of uh, of aggravation. So the aggravation, of course, and there were people that were far worse than us, clearly, because they had knocked out, they had power had been knocked out from that Thursday before the 10th. And they were in the dark for a couple of weeks, you know, trying to get their, their shit together. Well, the power line here had gotten hit by, by a limb and had pulled from the side of the house and was basically laying in the yard, but was still connected. We still had power, so we were very fortunate. So we, we didn't. We we decided. The wife and I decided not to get involved with you know contacting the utility company yet because I know you know they they've got their hands full with more important emergencies. We'll get you know we'll call it in as things begin to open up a little bit, and and that's all I had to do is just reattach the thing to the house and we're good to go. So meanwhile, I contacted. Uh, are um, the lovely people at Comcast. And I did it through their direct message thing because that's how they want to do it now. They want to do it through um, Twitter. Ooh, what the, whatever that, you know, however that's going to work. Um, so we, uh, I let them, I contacted them. I let them know what was going on. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, this back and forth took place, and I'm sitting there thumbing through it now. This whole this whole thing, um, it uh, it was a mess. 
it was a mess. I was actually, we had more, for the year 2022, we were down more than we were up. Again, it was, it was, it was, it was incredible. Um, they were telling me that uh, the area was not repaired when in fact it was. Uh, there was nobody out here to, to, to put the, put the, the cable back into the line. It got pulled from the pole, pulled from what they call the tap. Um, an unnamed certain individual came and basically kind of rigged it to where I could get back on the, you know, back into an internet condition, which lasted all of about two days. Um, with cables laying on the ground outside connected in a real weird haphazard sort of, it was like a, it was, it was just enough to get the job done. It was very third world, <laughs> which, you know, to my understanding, when the, uh, when the guys actually came out, the, the uh, cable company guys came out and saw it, they, they thought it was, they thought it was high comedy, uh, which in fact it wasn't, but that was all been repaired and clearly here we are. Uh, but as far as with the, uh, with that there, so, you know, there was that, but we still had power. And then Super Bowl Sunday came, early morning, nine, eight, nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday. I heard some commotion in the back, and it was these linemen. And I thought, oh, great, they're going to reattach the uh, the line to the house, and everything will be good. And I, I come outside, you know, into the backyard where they are, and it's these guys from uh, Kentucky. Not even They're not even here. In, they're not from here. You know, they're not from Memphis. They were contracted to come in. And dude said, uh, we're just going to have to cut you off. Cause it's, cause you have to get your, you have to get your thing reattached to the side of your house. I said, well, yeah, that's what you guys do. And they said, no, we ain't doing it. And they took these uh, bolt cutter looking things and they literally cut the power line off, coiled it up and ran it over to the pole. That was on that Sunday morning. Of course, the wife was furious because there went Super Bowl Sunday, you see, cause she's a big sports fan. It wasn't until the following Wednesday, this past Wednesday, when everything got back to normal. And the process by which that occurred was the single most aggravating, frustrating thing I think the two of us had ever dealt with. And it wasn't just us because I'm, you know, we're, no, we're nothing special. We're just customers like anybody else. The problem is, is that there's been a lot of high hollering here, especially across the city. By the way, uh, the utility company handled this situation. So ultimately, to kind of put it into perspective, one of the men that came over here to, uh, you know, to reattach the the power to us explained to us how jacked up this whole system is. And it involved the use of a computer system that the utility company had installed to monitor the infrastructure. And the way it works is that you have, okay, you have your power grid, right? And every grid is a series of circuits. And on each of the circuits is, say, for math's sake, a dozen homes connected to it, right? And the what would happen is, is that when one home was connected to that circuit and was back up and running, all the others just vanished, even though they didn't have power. So their system would say, well, there's nothing going on. I mean, ultimately, they did get here, clearly, to get us fixed up, but it, it wasn't until it would sort out what address was what. They didn't even know what was out. That was, that was another issue here. When I told the dude that was reinstalling it, who was from Memphis, that there was these guys in from Kentucky that did it, he just, he kind of got angry about it. He said, what are these people, what are these people doing? What are they, why are they doing what they are doing? Maybe they were acting on authority of the city, who knows? But, you know, all these people were, you know, and it got cold. I mean, like I said, we were fortunate. We have a fireplace here, so that was handy. Um, but, you know, your routine gets jacked up. 
you know, you're laying here in the dark. There's nothing to do. You can't really do much of anything. Our water heater's gas, so that was nice. And it has a pilot light, so that was groovy. So I can take, the, you know, all the hot baths and showers I wanted to. I could fire up the stove using a match because it's gas. You know, that's that's all good money. So, it's, you know, that's that's all good and good and good. We could eat. We could try and uh, get some sort of semblance of uh, some sort of normalcy. But it got more aggravating as time went on because we just felt like we were literally just cast into the darkness with uh, no understanding of what was going to happen. So um, as I as I bounce around the story a little bit, I mean, just bear with me. At one point, uh, of course, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone for about 45 minutes on hold, mind you, with the utility company and and spoke to, you know, I wound up talking to two different people on two different days. And both of them were very nice. I mean, I'm sure they were getting an earful from everybody about all this. And, and I was not going to be one of those people. I knew what they had had gone through the previous week. Uh, the first guy I spoke to said, uh, hey, yeah, we'll we'll send somebody out. Um, everything will be good. You'll be fine. And I said uh, about, you know, do you have an ETA? And the guy says, well, these guys don't like to really work in the dark, so they'll be by shortly. Oh, well, fantastic. Um, I was under the impression that they would be over within the next couple of hours. That's what I was told. Two days later, they wound up showing up, not knowing that this had even, you know, occurred um yeah that guy was so pissed off too he was like you know this city is just jacked up with all this the city uh the city council is now calling for you know various investigations as to why these things were happening and why customers were literally left in the dark over all of this so um so it happened. We we got back up. Everything got back connected, and then and then we heard some horror stories out there about uh, one of the big problems that that other people were facing. Fortunately, we were not one of those. But the the notion that the utility company refuses to work on the what is called the weatherhead, and that is the connection point from the pole to your home, and then from that connection point to your meter, and then into your power box. You know where all your your breakers are. Uh, that all apparently now belongs to the homeowner. And there are people that got that got stuck because their weatherhead was destroyed. And now all of a sudden, the city just doesn't repair that kind of stuff, even though, I mean, it's my understanding that it goes straight to the, you know, that what belongs to the city is all the way to the meter. And then from the meter on into the house belongs to you. That makes perfect sense to me. So now the big racket was you had to hire a, licensed electrician you had to pull a permit and you had to uh wait it out well well i know a guy who was in that that very particular problem and code enforcement came pulled his meter told him that it would be you know they had to go down and pull a permit he'd have to hire an electrician all this stuff he's he's calling around electricians are giving him at the soonest four weeks some 28 days before they could come out and repair the weatherhead. And then you had to go back through the utility company to get the lineman back out to reconnect it. There are people in this city who are living, you know, hand to mouth as it is. And electricians, of course, you know, loving this because they're making all the money. I I was at uh, one of the um, um, big box uh, home improvement places looking for a part that I needed. And uh, the guy that it was was helping me, I was telling him about, you know, 
a friend of mine who was going through this thing and needed weatherhead parts. And he goes, yeah, that's another problem. He said, because of this whole new thing, um, every night in the middle of the night, they, they restock all the parts, including these weatherhead parts. And then early, early in the morning, first time, you know, f- the, right before the doors open, there's these cats that are hanging around and they're all electricians. And they buy up all these parts. And they're not that expensive. I mean, this is like a, a connection box that goes onto the side of your home that you just thread the, 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 the wiring through. You bolt it to your house and you're good to go. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they were inexpensive, but these electricians were coming in and were snapping them up. And then they were going out to people's homes and they were reconnecting and they were basically charging them back. They were gouging to like four and $500 a piece for these parts plus, you know, what, a thousand in labor. So you're looking at 1500 bucks or more just to have the weatherhead thing uh, up to the city code to get it going, which according to the lineman that I spoke to was a, a complete bullshit. It was wrong. It was very classless, very tacky that this sort of thing had had gone on. Meanwhile, while all this was going on, there was still the fight with Comcast that was going on, who was under the impression that was still not connected to the Internet, which, in fact, I had been because of the rigging that was done by somebody else from Comcast. (laughs) They still, as of the production of this, they still have not told me anything. Nothing. They did try and tell me during the midst of this conversation that the uh, uh, that the node, which is the uh, the what they call the uh, power supply for the internet, uh, had been down and was still down. And the guy I talked to said, "No, that node had been repaired like seventy two hours before." So it's a, it's certainly a case of one hand not knowing what the other hand is doing. So at any rate, the same day that the lineman came out here to reconnect the power, there was these cats from Comcast that showed up to reinstall that line, which was fine. I, you know, I'm glad some shit's getting done. Of course, nobody said anything to anybody about any of this. This was just just going to happen. And, you know, obviously it's a happy ending, if you will, that everything got done. Aside from the fact that now all of a sudden Comcast has now moved me into a position where I'm now on auto pay, where they're just going to take the money right out of my account, whether I'm and I didn't. There was no notice, no email, no nothing from them that told me that they were going to do this. It's it's a mess all the way around. Uh, the big focus, though, of course, is you know it's Comcast, it's whatever. Uh, the the big focus, of course, is on what the utility company um, is is facing right now, and and how MLGW is. They're a pain in the ass to work with. They really, they really are. I saw on next door. I haven't seen mine yet. Uh, I saw on next door that people have already received their utility bills for more, for well, that's due in March. That has effectively doubled their rate, doubled what they're used to paying. Somebody's got to pay for all of this, you know. And that's another aggravating thing because a lot of these people down here are like well, what. This is dumb. This is your equipment. It failed. You got to fix it and we got to pay for it. And that's, you know, are there not other options? Well, that's been on the table for a minute. And, uh, you know, Tennessee Valley Authority has been part of the power supply that comes to the city of Memphis. That may all change. Um, it's It goes back to some of the infrastructure problems that we've heard about around the country. We've heard that, you know, with the administration dealing with an infrastructure package to to fix and replace and repair a lot of this stuff that's just, well, quite frankly, rather janky. And it's almost as if you've got extension cords running all over the place. It's like those pictures that you see online of, 
you know, uh, third and fourth world countries that barely have electricity and they have those poles with like thousands and thousands of cables that are, you know, spread out all over the place. And it's, it looks like it's just going to burst into flames at any given second because that's just how, how jacked up the whole situation is. And there for a minute, I thought, you know, while all this is going on, because you can't do anything except sit in the dark and stare at the fireplace and drink heavily, is that perhaps, perhaps we are starting to enter a time when the United States of America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. It doesn't take care of its citizens, even on the local level, because of greed or whatever the case may be. I don't know if anybody's filing any lawsuits over this whole thing, but they might. They were opening up warming centers. Oh, and add to all of this, I forgot to mention this, that when they brought in these linemen from these other states, they couldn't get a hotel because the people who had lost power had moved into hotels. So there wasn't a hotel to be found, a hotel room to be found in this city. And then, of course, the the traditional Memphis thing of uh, linemen trying to get the job done and, you know, some jackasses are rolling around and they're robbing the linemen of their tools at gunpoint while they're working. It's like that's like the most Memphis thing you could even possibly imagine. It's just ins- it's just insane just how uh, how jacked up this whole situation had become. And I know there's probably those of you who live in other cities that, you know, may have a similar situation. Of, well, you know, what are you bitching about? It's, just, it's the same thing. It's not always, it hasn't been like this. It wasn't like this before. It it really, it really wasn't. And the, you know, like the, the day they came and they literally cut that wire uh, and forced, uh, tried to force every resident around to, to, to try and find an, a licensed electrician and go pull a permit. You could smell something was messed up. And, uh, you know, one of my other neighbors had said that they had come out the day before and they said, oh, no, we're not going to cut nothing. You know, we're just going to go and get it installed. We're just going to take a look to see how bad the damage is. And then, of course, they went by and, and just cut every one of them because they were from outside of the area. They didn't they were not briefed on what it took to maintain the system. They were just maybe that's how they do it up in Kentucky. But bitch, this is Memphis, man. We don't do it this way. Yeah, Memphis was hit pretty hard by this whole thing. Self-inflicted, mind you, but it, but still, it was a mess to the point that uh, there was even some requests from the city of Memphis to the state of Tennessee to declare this a disaster, you know, to open up some disaster funds to help out. And the governor of, of the state of Tennessee, Bill Lee, who is who, quite frankly, is is an asshole. He thinks Memphis doesn't belong in Tennessee, and. You know, that that we're just uh, basically North Mississippi. I don't know what his problem is, but they they hate they hate us. Nashville hates Memphis, especially with the state government, even though we have like one of the largest tax bases for the state that you could even imagine. Like the second largest city in the entire state of Tennessee. And and it's a uh, it's it's a thing, but they just they just don't like us, I guess, because of reputation or whatnot. I think they're still sore that we got an NBA team, (laughs) quite frankly. Nashville got, of course, an NFL team, and Memphis got an NBA team, which is doing well, by the way. Uh, and so all of these things were – it was a thing. It was happening. And people are still in the dark about all of this, literally and figuratively. To add insult to injury, last Wednesday when they connected us, 
there had been an interesting weather forecast that was on the way that over the next 48 hours, a, another cold front was going to come through and bring with it a lot of high wind and thunderstorms. And the linemen were saying, we may all be out here again to redo this. And I, and I thought, this is, this is ridiculous. I, you know, I said, you know, like, I guess I, I'm sort of an optimist, but I'd like to think that scientifically speaking, that the weakest of the branches and limbs would probably have come down in the ice. But it was also pointed out to me that some of them that didn't come down were weakened by the ice and may have survived that. It might just take a nice little breeze to start blowing stuff down. I know the tree guys were busy. The linemen were busy. The Comcast people, the phone people, everybody was busy. But, uh, but yeah, we got through it, and we're still going to be get, kind of getting through it. And uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of high hollering, a lot of anger that's happening uh, right now because people just they want answers. They want to know why this was, uh, that was messed up. It was. It was thoroughly messed up. It was one of the highlights. That I guess one of the nice things before I before I stop here, uh, one of the, the the fun things that happened was you know walking the dog as you do, and around the corner from from my home, from Studio A, right here where we live, is a is an apartment complex. It's uh, the flats at Cooper, I think, is what it is. And outside of that is a statue, a life size statue of Johnny Cash. And uh, as I'm walking the dog, I notice that he's covered in ice. <laughs> Old Johnny is just jacked up. Uh, go to my social media and just poke around. You'll find it. Um, and I took a kind of a headshot of Old Johnny with the caption that said, it's so, it's so cold here that Old Johnny's got a frozen booger hanging, which it kind of looked like he did right out of his nose, his big, long icicle. The hashtag was cold hard cash. You could probably find it that way as well. That got picked up by one of the local papers, and, and yeah, you know, my thanks for getting the credit. Uh, you know, they they credited what they found via Twitter. I think is where where they pulled that from. It was one of the more not really viral posts, but it was one of the more the more exciting posts that I've had. So that was sort of a day brightener that I I made a dumb joke and it and it took off the way that it did. So so there was that. Got a little mileage out of that because you know when you know when these sort of situations occur, it, it's you. You realize that so much of this is kind of out of your hands up to a certain point, of course. But for the most part, we're just kind of all along for the ride, aren't we? Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloset.memphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. One of the single most jacked up things that seems to be occurring on television, or at least had occurred on television for the past, what, two weeks? 
was the Winter Olympics in Beijing, China. What a mess. What an absolute mess all that was, filled with all sorts of really backward politics and, frankly, a lot of people that just didn't give a shit about it. And that's kind of what happened. Most people seem to be a little worked up about the fact that they were even occurring in a, in a country like China who didn't give a shit about anybody but themselves or the Russians. I mean, can you imagine being in a situation where you're having the Winter Olympics, but you had to you had to postpone a few events because it snowed? What kind of jacked up horseshit is that? It didn't really matter, though. Less than a quarter of Americans even spend any time watching any of this. That should tell you something. Maybe it's time we should just put a fork in the Olympics and just be done with it. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the uh, program as we uh, try to get back to some semblance of order here in these parts. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, there is that. I, I, uh, I, I am amused when I still see those posts from time to time in social media about people that worship the linemen. Oh, that those are the most important linemen in the world. And the, these are people that are making these posts from the comfort of their heater. They don't, of course, they don't give a shit when the when the power goes out. Then they're bitching and whining and moaning about it, or when they just willy nilly come around and just cut people's power off because, well, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have to hire a licensed electrician. You're gonna have to go get a, uh, you're gonna have to go pull a permit. It's a fucking racket, is what it is. Instead of doing the decent thing and getting people hooked up and maybe sending, here's here's a thought, here's an idea. Perhaps maybe the utility company, along with hiring people like linemen. And people that know how to work the system that they bring. And I didn't know this. Linemen are not licensed electricians. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that's that's certainly the case. And maybe maybe utility companies should have a team, a group of, of, uh, of individuals who are licensed electricians and put them on the payroll. And they can come out and do this type of work that requires a licensed electrician or whatever. Put the bill on the, you know, put the bill for that work on your bill and you pay it off over a period of time, you know, and then it gets done. And that way the people that are suffering right now in this world can get the things that they need without having to go through the whole thing of, well, you know, I'd love to take on your job, but I'm so booked up right now. Eh, it's probably going to be a month or so before we get, to- bitch, it'll be spring before then. And then we got all of that going on. Ah. <laughs> No, that makes too much sense. We can't have that. If you, the second, you know how it is around here. The second anybody has anything reasonable to say or do or suggest, it winds up getting shot down. That's why sometimes you got to grab the bull by the balls yourself. Hell, if I was, we were fortunate. I, you know, I have to tell you that. I mean, if it if it had required the use of some sort of a licensed electrician, we'd have been boned. We, I don't know how what would have happened. I really don't. I don't. And that's one of those things I don't like screwing around with is electricity. I'll do a lot of other things, but. You know, hell, I get nervous trying to hang a ceiling fan, for God's sake. I feel like that's going to be the death of me. Uh, <laughs> as somebody once pointed out, oh, it's nothing to get worked up about, Rick. All it is is plumbing with electrons. He may be right, but at least when I'm, you know, working on my own plumbing, I don't have to worry about dying. Maybe get covered in shit every once in a while, but I'm certainly not going to die from it. <laughs> there are things in this world that are worth writing the check, but... You know, having to ride it out and wait it all out is a whole different thing. Man, it is crazy. So hopefully your situation was uh, was good or better. Hopefully you got through all of this unscathed. 
Some of you that even had uh, issues in, in other parts of the country would have worse scenarios, worse weather than we have down here, are used to that sort of thing. So they, they you know, and they survive it pretty well. Infrastructure being what it is, <laughs> incredible right now. So, uh, so there's that. So anyway, the you heard what's coming up next time on the old program. I'm done. I'm out of here. I got shit to do. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radio Land. Rick Cheddar from Radio Land is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.